This is the Best Insurance Law Podcast, brought to you by Best Recommended Insurance Attorneys. Welcome to Best Insurance Law Podcast, the broadcast about timely and important legal issues affecting the insurance industry. I'm John Zuba, Managing Editor of Best Insurance Professional Resources. We're pleased to have with us today James Barbieri from Independent Adjusting Company Claims Advantage in Georgia. James is the President and CEO of Claims Advantage. He's a former police officer and has a BS degree in criminal justice. Mr. Barbieri is a certified insurance fraud investigator, adjuster, and has been conducting SIU investigations for over 30 years. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Today's podcast discussion is how the COVID-19 crisis creates an environment for fraudulent insurance claims. And Jim, for our first question, how can the COVID-19 pandemic impact insurance fraud? Insurance fraud is a significant problem in the United States. And by some estimates, about 10% of property and casualty claims are fraudulent, which represents a cost of approximately $120 billion across all lines of insurance. And with this pandemic, insurance fraud will most certainly increase. With the COVID-19 pandemic and now with the recent civil unrest, which we've been seeing seeing lately, people are losing their businesses and livelihood. Their life savings are being rapidly depleted, which could cause some people and corporations to engage in insurance fraud scams that could be a lifeline in a recession as we are seeing now. More Americans may tolerate insurance fraud in these tough economic times. And this type of crime is generally considered low risk as compared to more high risk crimes such as drug dealing, burglary, armed robbery. Uh, Insurance fraud is an economic crime that usually does not result in heavy jail sentences, especially now with higher risk prisoners being released from prisons due to the COVID-19 situation. There are many district attorneys in several states who do not place insurance fraud high on their list of prosecutions. Therefore, the benefit of insurance fraud to get quick money for some struggling people will outweigh the risk of getting caught. Jim, what are you seeing in terms of automobile-related claims? John, uh, you know, we've seen these fraud schemes over the years, but some of the common fraud schemes that we're seeing more now are vehicle give-ups and vehicle arson. As many Americans are working from home and not driving to work, they may not have a need for that second automobile and the monthly payments that go along with it. The insured may simply get rid of their vehicles by driving them into a lake, a pond, a wooded area, and then claim the vehicle was stolen to collect the insurance money and get out from under the loan. The obvious motivating factor is the poor economic conditions, job losses, and financial hardships as a result of this pandemic. Insureds who are desperate for money may have the vehicle stolen and burned to ensure that the vehicle is a total loss. In some cases, they may also strip the vehicle and sell the parts to make extra money. This type of fraud is also common with motorcycles or recreational vehicles, where the insured can no longer justify the monthly payments. Even if the vehicle only gets caught and fraud is detected, the lien holder is considered an innocent party and will still get paid by the insurance company. Of course, the insured will not get paid. Uh, We're also seeing an increase in staged automobile accidents. Organized groups of fraud rings 
who need fast cash create an accident scenario that involves phony injuries. Some dishonest personal injury attorneys, doctors, and body shops may have runners who recruit the fraud ring participants, and they usually claim soft tissue injuries. Some of the time, these alleged passengers, commonly referred to as jump-ins, were not even in the vehicle at the time of the fraudulent accident. And of course, a jump-in is a common term in, used in SIU, uh, it refers to a, a person that was not in the vehicle, but they claim they were in the vehicle and they file a bodily injury claim. Uh, the jump-in will then treat at a medical clinic and get expensive diagnostic tests and epidural injections. In some cases, these tests and medical procedures were not even performed. It is important for the investigator to do a clinic inspection to confirm that these claimants are getting the treatment and that they're signing in the login sheet. What we're seeing now are clinics performing these treatments even though they are or were shut down uh, due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In many staged accidents, as we've seen over the years, immigrants are involved. Especially now with the pandemic, undocumented, undocumented immigrants are more likely to get involved in this fraud ring activity as they have no source of income due to the virus. They're not eligible to receive the government, government stimulus check if they're undocumented immigrants. In some staged accidents, Innocent motorists are the victim. A foster may slam on the brakes in order to get rear-ended. And in that scenario, it is common to have jump-in passengers claiming injuries. Now, John, also along with stage collisions, we are seeing more body shop scams. Now that there are less vehicles on the road, there will be decline in accidents. Many dishonest shops will work with the professional fraud rings by enhancing damages or causing more damages to render the vehicle a total loss. I investigated several fraud rings where the body shop would tow the damaged vehicle to a staged accident scene and another vehicle would arrive with fake passengers. I recently handled a claim uh, in Mattapan, Massachusetts involving a rental truck uh, company uh, where I obtained a confession from the renter of the truck and what he told me was that uh, the claimant had the damaged vehicle towed to a location in Mattapan, Massachusetts. The tow truck, you know, dropped down the damaged vehicle. They sprinkled all the debris on the ground. And then another vehicle arrived with five passengers. They got into the damaged vehicle and called the police. Other body shop scams involve shops that will perform repairs using old pots in order to inflate the bill. This is commonly seen in airbag fraud where the shop will replace a deployed airbag with a bag full of paper, rags, cardboard, and other items, which poses a, a public safety risk. In some cases, the shop will remove an undeployed airbag and replace it with a deployed unit. And then after the claim is paid, they'll put back the original airbag. Jim, what is the impact of COVID-19 on workers' compensation claims? The COVID-19 pandemic creates a problem for insurance carriers and many employees are working from home. And John, as you know, in workers' compensation claims, in order to be compensable, the injury must arise out of and in the course of the employee's employment. The challenge for carriers is to determine if the injury sustained while working at home is legitimate. 
most of these at-home alleged work-related claims will be unwitnessed. And unlike uh, factories and, and uh, as you see in commercial businesses, there are security cameras. Uh, in this case, there will not be any security camera footage to cooperate the injured worker's story. Jim, are there any other areas that claims managers need to be concerned about? We're seeing more business interruption claims, struggling businesses who are shut down due to the pandemic and cannot afford to pay the mortgage may burn the building to collect money, not only for the structural damage, but also for business interruption. An example would be a restaurant that is forced to close because of the virus and they lose meat and produce as well as other product. And normally they would not be covered under a business interruption policy if there's a virus exclusion. And also the policy requires that you show physical damage. And now the loss of product will be the result of arson. Jim, what are some of the investigative challenges out there? Most potential fraud claim investigations require in-person interviews. We're finding that fraud participants are using the pandemic as an excuse not to meet with the investigator in person. This situation hinders a detailed investigation where the investigator needs to inspect the insured's residence or to confirm the identification of the insured by viewing his or her driver's license. These investigators will be forced to conduct telephone recorded statements where one cannot read the body language of the interviewee to determine possible deception. An alternative solution, which I've been using lately, is to conduct a virtual interview using a platform such as Zoom or Google Meets. However, the insured or claimant may allege that they do not have a computer or webcam. In some instances, they'll claim not to have a cell phone to do the interview, or they'll have a cheap phone such as a burner that does not have a camera. You know, in, in that case, it's extremely difficult to go over scene photographs, maps, and other documents on the phone, and impossible to have the insurers mark or sign relevant documents. The challenge for the investigator is, to, is obviously to verify any submitted documents. The investigator will have to adapt to this post-COVID world. I had an automobile death claim in March here in Georgia where there were several, several red flags of fraud indicators in the claim and an in-person statement was needed. I instructed the insured to set up a folding table in the backyard with two chairs spaced apart and we both wore face masks during the interview. John, this is a different world. Post-COVID, where claims adjusters, attorneys and investigators need to adapt when conducting a claims investigation. Jim, what are your final thoughts for our audience? I didn't mention that uh, we're seeing more homeowners claims for mysterious jewelry losses, and that's a, a way to get quick cash at low risk. So there's no need to engage in risky behavior to stage a phony loss because simple carelessness can be the basis of a mysterious disappearance claim. Um, one of the things I want to point out, John, is that you're seeing opportunistic fraud, that people that ordinarily, you know, good American citizens that, you know, normally wouldn't, uh, honest people that wouldn't commit fraud, but they're in uh, dire straits. So these people unlikely uh, are unlikely to have a substantial or relevant claims history in ISO. 
and are more likely to be longstanding customers of a carrier. The typical claims history or policy history red flags are seldom found. Um, just one other thing I want to touch on is the, uh, the telephone recorded statement or the virtual uh, recorded statement using the computer. You know, it's, it's impossible to counter possible coaching of insureds who communicate virtually. So somebody could be in the background while you're doing the um, statement and you can't see them in there coaching the insured or the claimant. And uh, on that same thought, it's also impossible to conduct separate interviews or EUOs for the attorneys involved of the insureds when the policy provides that they must give statements separately. An example would be a married couple with a homeowner's claim uh, as most homeowner policies require that insurers give separate statements or EUOs. Uh, and one final uh, thought, ironically, the strategic advantage of claiming fear of COVID-19 is only a one way, it only goes one way. And advantages only the insureds. No insurance company could ever delay an investigation or refuse to appraise a vehicle citing fear of an employee's or investigator's personal safety without the risk of sanction or bad faith violation. Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, John. That was James Barbieri, President and CEO of Claims Advantage in Georgia, and special thanks to today's producer, Frank Bowinkle. And thank you all for joining us for Best Insurance Law Podcast. To subscribe to this audio program, go to our webpage, www.ambest.com slash claims resource. If you have any suggestions for a future topic regarding an insurance law case or issue, please email us at lawpodcast.ambest.com. I'm John Zuba, and now this message. Best Insurance Professional Resources features valuable insurance industry content, including searchable profiles of client-recommended insurance attorneys, adjusters, and expert service providers. Brought to you by AM Best, known worldwide as a respected source of insurance industry news and information. Visit ambest.com slash claims resource.